Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I started this show midway through 2014, which means, oh my God, we're almost four and a half years that we've been doing this show, over 420 episodes, and the whole purpose is to just bring ideas, theories, nuggets, pieces of experience that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, and other people with just that entrepreneurial spirit can share with all of us, because I say it all the time, success leaves clues. So my whole theory was if I interviewed people on this show, I would pick up and the audience would pick up ideas and clues about how to be more successful in this kind of crazy entrepreneurial life. And that's what we've done. And as we enter into now four and a half years, we got into 2019. I can't believe that that's where we are with these episodes. Um, One of the things I've decided to do is change up the show a little bit. You may notice if you've listened for the last couple of weeks since New Year's, instead of two interviews a week, we have moved cool things entrepreneurs do to one interview a week. And on Tuesdays, I am talking about stuff that I found in my research around what I call the paradox of potential and all of the stuff that people are telling me about the gap that exists between potential people have in their careers and the results that they're getting and a whole bunch of ideas and tips about how you can move across that. So the Tuesday shows are me sharing some of that research and the Thursday shows are interviews with really smart people. But what it's caused me to have to do is to start being much more judicious about who it is we interview. And I think you're going to love today's show when we get to interviewing Brianna Carly, Carney. Excuse me. And, uh, but before we do that, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. Now, many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers. And dealing with the physical stuff, poof, that can be a pain and it steals your precious time because you got to pack everything up and take it to the post office. Well, my friends at Amplifier... They blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you fully control. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help drive your giveaway campaigns. They are great for big companies as well as entrepreneurs just starting out. And on-demand means no inventory risk. And as you know, as you grow, you can stock up on inventory and Amplifier will handle all that for you. And they're who I work with, with the Try New Things t-shirts that so many of you have said you wanted to buy. And so uh, I worked with Amplifier to set up my shop, and now you can get the uh, Try New Things shirts at trynewthings.shop. So go check that out. Uh, And don't forget, jump over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today to work with them. So speaking of today... We have Brianna Carney, and she is with Crew Bloom. Now, she's had this company for a little over two years. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, which I think is just awesomely cool place to live. If I didn't live in Austin, Texas, I would either live in San Diego or New York City because those are the three best places in the world as far as I'm concerned. And uh, she's growing this business right there out of New York, and she's doing some cool things. I mean, she comes out of a corporate world. She worked for Amazon, but now she's working for herself, and I'm excited to hear her story. Brianna. Welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about Crew Bloom. What, what is it that y'all do? 
Yeah, so Kerbloom is um, reinventing the call center and outsourcing space. We um, saw room to improve um, the existing model. I'm sure um, all of your listeners and, and yourself have had an experience calling um, your bank or an airlines and getting connected to someone who's not in the U.S. Um, that is, for lack of better terms, marginal. Mar- marginal and- is what I would say most call centers probably fall into. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to think so. Marginal, um, marginal might even be a marginal might even be a step up. Yeah. Um, however, the, the good news is, is there are um, absolute cream of the crop folks um, buried in, in, in that mess. And so Krublum, um saw an opportunity to, to find those folks to have a really rigorous, robust um, recruitment process. Um, and then to keep those folks happy and to help them love showing up to work every day. Um, so that's what we're doing. Nice. So you've been doing this for a little over two years. What led you to becoming an entrepreneur? I mean, everybody wants to work for Amazon. Why would you? Why would you want to work for yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I guess I've asked myself that a number of times um, since starting this journey. But I think for me, um, I just wanted to have um, as much impact on on the lives of human beings as possible. Um, and so, although I know that I was a contribution to Amazon, I was confident that they would succeed and, and be fruitful without me. <laughs> and they, they seem to be doing well. They do. <laughs> so that was that hypothesis was correct. So, you know, as you said, you know, some days you think, why did I, why did I do this? So now that you've sort of made this leap, what are some of the, the things you're learning as, as an entrepreneur? What, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Yeah, good question. So I think one of the most important things that entrepreneurs have to be prepared for is that even like the term work-life balance is no longer real. Like you're taking on something that is going to be your life. Um, You're going to be answering phone calls um, around the clock and it's going to be something that you can care about more than you likely cared about your your previous work endeavors or, or your corporate experiences. And so being really, really diligent about um, knowing when you need to, to just cool your jets and to preserve your energy and to, to um, be true to stamina, I think is, is really relevant and important. Um, and I, I think I've um, become better over time. You, you just kind of learn um, how to um, be good to yourself and, and to um, savor um, personal um, obligations as alongside your, your professional. So how big is the company now? How many employees do you have? Yeah, so we the core of my business is 25 in, inclusive of dev. Um, and we have right around 100 active contractors in our pool. Um, so much smaller than a call center, which, is, which has hundreds of agents. We're focused on quality over quantity. So are those agents U.S.-based? Are they around the world? How, how are you set up? Yes. Yeah, so my co-founders in Manila and all of our agents are there. Um, so right around the NCR Manila region, we have contractors throughout all the islands. So in um, Cebu, um, Davao City, Baguio City, et cetera. So what are the challenges then of having a business partner who lives exactly half a globe away and, and running a business where many of your people are, are staffed there? What are the challenges you find really being international? Yeah, so I think there's a number of challenges being international. Of course, we have to be aware of regulation and kind of how to play by the rules in two markets, which um, we've learned a lot of lessons from and I'm thankful for. I think that one of the things that I um, respect 
and admire about the Filipino workforce is their ability to absorb graveyard shift. They are happy and eager to work through the night. Um, speak like my co-founder, just speaking to her. And I, I mean, this is something that I, um, I, I really can't stress enough is that she's just incredible. She's just kind of the one that proves this idea that I have that, in fact, professionals around the world are more capable and more sophisticated and instinctual um, than a, a lot of the American workforce. Um, and she's the best. We wouldn't be where we are t- without her. Um, she's better than me. She's, she's um, truly the yin to my yang. So you had this idea. How in the world did you find your your business partner? It doesn't sound like she was like your college roommate or something. How did you guys How did you guys hook up and be able to create this this international company? Yeah, great question. So I guess like I um, I guess in in every way, shape, and form, it's just serendipitous. She was my first hire. I, I um, put an ad up on Craigslist in in the Philippines, and she was the first person that responded. Um, and yeah, I mean, she's just the best there, there could be no better than my co-founder Kate. She works relentlessly, um, and drives the product and, and the operation side of the business in a way that I couldn't. So your background, you came, you came out of working for Amazon. What, what are the parts that you learned at Amazon that you took into this entrepreneurial venture? And then what are the parts that are totally like, oh my God, I had no idea this was going to happen once I worked for myself. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I miss a lot about Amazon and, and I didn't, and, and I, I knew this while I was there, but working alongside folks that are the absolute best is like an undeniable competitive disadvantage. Like you truly are motivated and competing alongside folks that are exceptional. And when you are on your own, it's, it's up to you to, to wake up every day and to find that inspiration and motivation and drive. Um, and you have no one to compete yourself at, or no one to compete against. It's just yourself. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is I was fortunate. So that's one of the things I tell people why I think podcasts are such a great medium because so many of the people who listen to this show, so many of them are, are starting out or they want to start out or they still have a job and they have a side hustle. And so it's, it can be very lonely. Entrepreneurship unto itself can be lonely. And you're from a couple of examples. And the one you bring up, you know, you're not around those people who are pushing you to strive to be the best. And there's the old adage, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, if you're spending the most time alone – that some can be kind of whacked out. And so that's why I think listening to shows like this where I get to interview people who have just sort of pulled the trigger and, and jumped in and done it uh, is, is such a good way for, for people to do that. So where do, where do you get your inspiration? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think one of the um, most interesting things that I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey is just how emotional it is to start a business. There's a lot more pride on the line. You've put a lot more skin in the game. Um, and so for me, I, I think one of the things that I'm really fortunate for is just having like, we do a thing called micro huddles where I spend 15 minutes with all my team members talking about things outside of work. Like, how are you? How are your kids? Like you're a human being, right? Unfortunately, a lot of times in the corporate world, we have an ideal that we're going to hire ro- robots, but humans um, encounter emotions and, and we spend a ton of time at our work and in and what we do. And so I think recognizing and being aware of, of the emotional impact of starting a business um, is, is really important and something that I um, continue to learn about and, and want to just respect is that um, I just care a lot about what I do. So that getting to, to let your people know 
that you know that they're humans. I mean, this is a thing I think, especially in sort of the startup, especially sort of the remote digital age, that that's something I think a lot of people miss. I think there's a lot of uh, lip service to it, but let's well, talk a little bit more about, you know, really getting to connect with the people on your, on your team, both locally and, and virtually, you know, besides, Hey, how are your kids? What else do you do? I mean, how do you really build that connection and let people know that they matter as a person? Cause I think this is something we talk about, but I think a lot of people miss. Great question. So this is something that I um, think Kruglum has done a good job at. We have monthly happy hours where we just send, give them a, an additional bonus and to, to just buy some drinks. We spend Friday afternoon just video chatting. We play Pictionary and we play games and just, you know, try to have fun. Um, I spend a lot of time in Manila. So I will go to Manila. We do a number of corporate social responsibility things. So we'll all go to an orphanage together and drop things off. They spent Thanksgiving at an, at an old folks home. For Earth Day, we went and planted trees in the provincial region to, to give fruit-bearing opportunities to less fortunate Filipinos. And I think that like all people, like your family is your family because you've endured things together and you have shared experience. And so I think that that's something that we really try to focus on and, and to hold ourselves accountable for is that we're a family and therefore we go through a lot together. Um, and it's important to go through things that are not only professional. I know one of the, the best things that I did is had, had a leadership retreat where my co-founder, myself, and, and some of the leaders of Crew Bloom went up um, to Baguio City. It's just six hours north of Manila. And we spent a weekend just um, sleeping in an Airbnb together and going to a um, uh, the markets and just learning Tagalog and just, you know, it, it was really special. Well, it's one of the things I, I teach when I go into companies and speak is I talk about shared experiences or what build relationships. And that's why I think companies that do the types of things you're talking about, go out and plant trees together, volunteer together. Uh, you know, a, a lot of associations that I speak for will have like a charity day where the people who are at the conference get together and, and stuff bags for orphans and, and different things like that. And on, on the surface, it's like, yeah, that's nice to do. But really, when you sit across a table and you're talking to people as you're putting into, into toothpaste and toothbrushes and these things into bags, that's an experience. That's something we don't do every day. And those shared experiences are how bonds are built. And I find it so interesting in today's world where there's so many young uh, uh, founders of companies. I talked to a CEO of a uh, sort of a tech company, not, not exactly what I'd call a tech company, but a tech, tech-based company. And I said, do you ever bring in outside speakers? Do you ever have training days for your team? And he had about 50 employees. And I work with a lot of companies that are 50 to 200 employees. And he was like, oh, no. And his, he had like this visceral reaction. I'm like, what do you mean, oh, no? And he goes, we are too busy working to take everybody out for like a half day and have like a, uh, a training day. You know, he was like, oh, and he goes, and if, you know, we would never spend the money to bring somebody like you in. He was so horrified at the thought of like having a half day or a whole day where the people weren't working. And I was like, yeah. And then I met someone who worked for the company and the person was like, yeah, it's a lot of BS around here. You know, a lot of lip service and not work. And I'm like, oh, I could have predicted that. That's hilarious. Yeah. We're actually running a, a little spiff internally with the core now. Um, whomever can secure the most um, professional mentorship calls. So just reach out on LinkedIn, guys. Find people that are doing something similar than you. Like I care about you as a human first and a crew bloomer second, um, I think is um, what's going to keep people around. 
Well, and that, that's interesting that you said, you know, reach out to people because I, this is several years ago, but I, I, I was approached by a CEO of a company to speak to a sales team. And part of the message was really, how do you connect with people? And I, I talk a lot, I, I'm really a big believer in mentors inside and outside your company. And I'm just laughing because I didn't prepare for this. I just thought of this the other day. Honestly, the sales manager said, no, we can't have this guy come talk because if he does, if he teaches our people what he's saying, they'll get plucked away. He basically wanted his people to stay sort of mediocrely high good rather than have them strive for great and have all these connections in their industry because if they were great at their job and were well-connected, people would hire them away. And my the CEO and I kind of laughed about it, and he ended up not hiring me because the sales manager didn't want that presentation. But it made me laugh because I was like, you'd rather have mediocre people than have the best in the industry because they might get hired away. Some would get hired away. But if you offer them a good opportunity, some will stay. So, you know, why not just keep rotating through the best ones? And, you know, if people need to move on for whatever reason, cheer for them. And that's what it sounds like. If you have somebody who gets another opportunity and moves on, it sounds like you're going to be happy for them. Yeah, I mean, every, yeah, I guess I even have never, like, that's, um, it, I just believe that that ideal is nonsensical, um, that I have a moral obligation as a leader to make everyone the best. Um, not only the best professional, but um, to have a really meaningful impact on their lives and, and their time spent on this earth. I think like if we look back on when we're 80 and we look back, I mean, I don't think people will remember the like intricacies of our um, outbound or, or inbound processes or like what CRM system we use. Like they're going to remember how people made them feel. Um, and the same, we want our client partners to remember how working with Groobloom made them feel. And so I, I think that's just a really silly way to go about business. Well, as you know, there's a lot of people who go about business in silly ways. So so because there's so many people who listen to the show who are either starting businesses or would, would like to, what advice do you have for somebody who is listening to this and saying, I, I have an idea. I could go out and do this idea, you know. She did it. What, what can I, how can I do that? What would you, what would you tell them? Yeah. So I think for me, I will never overlook the blessing and, or, or like my, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without Kate. I think that being a solo entrepreneur is incredible and completely possible. And I respect solo entrepreneurs with the utmost regard, but just know that you need to have like a, a solid support system um, it's really important that the humans in your life are are on board, whether you're a mother or a father and you um, um, just need to make sure that your partner or your family is supportive. Um, but I think at a certain point in time, you just have to jump. I think that it's you, you learn a lot. You also have to shelve pride. A lot of times pride and ego comes in our way and we're scared of failures and we're scared of falling on our face. If Kate and I kind of like reflect back, we just chuckle, we laugh, like remember when we were X, Y, Z, and it was just absolutely nonsensical and cost us a lot of money. <laughs> but the reality is, is I think persistence and determination will, will always um, kind of um, take you where, where you need to be. So I talk a lot about potential. I've become somewhat obsessed at the fact that so many people have more potential than they're, they're ever going to reach. And I've been interviewing, I've interviewed well over 500 people now about how they feel about their own potential and the results they're getting. And what I've found is, is that some people are able to navigate that gap between potential and results and go far. And some people just get stuck. 
What do you think the delta is for entrepreneurs that go farther across the gap? How come some people are able to really kick ass? Oh, I think that's 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 a really good question. I think that I mean I'm not going to overlook the fact that I was born with a lot of privilege, um, being a white middle income American. It was an undeniable advantage for me. I had a really supportive family, and and I um, was just, for lack of better terms, really lucky. Um, but I think that um, if I look at what really defines humans and what kind of makes us humans, it's just kind of really um, how well we're able to confront fear. Because like we're all scared of things. Like being a human is scary. Um, but how well it is that we're able to recognize when we're scared, acknowledge that, and just move on, I think is kind of what makes certain people able to achieve more and find more meaning in their life. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Working through your fear is one of the biggest tips that I get from entrepreneurs about how they're able to get across that delta is, like you said, fear is real. We're humans. It's scary. You know, it's it's actually built into – fear is built into us. I mean, you walk outside, you know, 20 – you know, 10,000 years ago, you had to be fearful. Is, is a tiger going to eat me? Now, when you walk outside, you probably don't have to be that fearful that you're going to be devoured by some sort of a wild animal. And yet, you know, a little bit of fear about asking the boss for a raise or starting your own business or whatever. Fear reacts the same way. So our instinctual insides are like, ah, tiger. And it paralyzes us when in reality, we probably don't have to be that scared of most of the things that are happening in our careers. So, so you really nailed sort of, you know, one of the big answers right there is, is that. And you bring up another interesting point. And if we go back two episodes, the last interview that I did uh, was with a guy named Roman Gonzalez. And he talked about the fact he's a Hispanic entrepreneur. And he said he grew up. He didn't have a lot of people who looked like him who were entrepreneurs. And he talked about how, you know, it's just a couple of percentage points of venture capital goes to people of color. And so he talked about the fact that, you know, and he wasn't criticizing or, or being negative. He's actually, he studied to be a, a philosopher. So he was actually very philosophical about it. But he talked about the fact what, you know, you called privileged. And, and he and I talked a little bit about just sort of an unconscious bias. How do you think uh, that either propels us or holds us back, if depending on where we come from and how we look at the world. Um, we're, we're, let me ask you kind of a side question. Were your parents entrepreneurial? Um, my, my, my father um, is, is entrepreneurial. My mom's a, a nurse. She's the, the best person in the world. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that um, for me, I just, I, I, I really, really believe that there is like just a lot of life is unfair. Like I remember my dad always just saying that he was just like, life's unfair. And it is unfortunate that um, we as entrepreneurs compare ourselves to what we saw on the cover of Forbes, which is um, an, a, a lot of times we have a tendency to compare ourselves and that's unfair and, and just a human tendency. So um, yeah, I, I think that the being a, a woman owned business and having a, a woman co-founder um, and just trying to be a voice that, and, and our business model falls back on the fact that we all as humans are capable, regardless of whether I was born in Nairobi, Kenya, Paris, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, like me, we, there's exceptional talent everywhere. And, and um, we need to harness that and, and to overlook um, biases that only um, white men are, are going to rule the, the, 
the, the businesses of the world. Yeah. Well, as a white man, I agree with you. So I think, you know, I, I think that I think there's so much potential out there in, in everybody. And I think that we have to find ways to, to break down, to break down those, those, those barriers. And that's why I'm a real big believer and I serve as a mentor. And that's why I'm always encouraging people to find mentors. Cause if you get, if you get a great mentor and to, I'll be honest, finding a great mentor is hard, but if you find a great mentor, they really do have the ability to help you, you know, find paths across that gap in, in ways that uh, doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, they can help open up doors. Of course. So have you um, had mentors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I mean, I, I've, I wouldn't be where I am today alone. I think that um, just kind of make shout out um, Joe Applebaum um, with motivation. Um, he's just a, a Brooklyn business owner, someone that I um, respect and cherish a ton, someone that took a ton of time out of his personal life to work alongside me and is um, ferociously dedicated to bettering the lives of entrepreneurs. Um, Just a ton of folks that were just the best that I I couldn't have have done it without. Hey, I've got a couple more questions for you, Brianna. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right training and equipment and guidance so that you will sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Brianna Carney. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the exclusive offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Brianna, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your company right now? Ah, good question. So I think the coolest thing we're doing is is, um, really looking at how we can provide technology to the lives of our contractors and clients um, that's going to help um, better their experience with working with Crewboom. And we're building a portal today that will give complete um, performance visibility to our clients and to help our contractors evaluate themselves and better communicate with their, their client team as well as the, the Crewboom team. Um, I think it's really important also for our client partners to have kind of full visibility and the potential to grow their workforce. And so there's going to be a catalog, um, kind of similar to like a Fiverr or an Odesk, where you can actually schedule interviews with potential contractors and see video introductions and really understand the caliber of talent that's going to be brought to your table. Um, so that's something I'm really, really excited about. There's just a number of things. I mean, we're, we're just really excited about what the future holds. We're excited that people are um, becoming more and more excited about the remote model and, and working remotely. Um, and so we just are excited. We think the future is bright for us. So if someone's listening and they think, oh, that's what I've been looking for, how do they find Crew Bloom? Yeah, so you can www.crewbloom, like the flower, B-L-O-O-M.com. Um, that's our handle on all social channels as well. You can send me a direct email, Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A at Crew Bloom, hello at Crew Bloom. Um, um, yeah, I, I just would be excited to connect. Also, likewise, um, anyone looking for mentorship or um, to bounce ideas off of one another, we're, we're all in this together. That's so, that is so awesome. So one of the questions I ask everybody who comes on the show, and you already talked about sort of the one mentor there in your neighborhood, but I always like to ask people, who is it that when you look out into the entrepreneur sphere that you say, oh my gosh, she or he, they're doing cool stuff? 
Yeah, so I think the founder of Patagonia is doing something really great with the, his um, vision of like work-life balance and sustainability. Just like as a as a female entrepreneur, I, I really um, big Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. I think that um, just kind of her story and how she just like set out and hustled and went door to door and just um, I just really respect and admire her. Well, and hustle is is one of those other things we talked about working through the fear. You know, part of it is getting out there and hustling and doing good work. That that tends to be a differentiator for a lot of people as well. So I think she's a good example of that. The final question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think entrepreneurs have to do more than just make money and have their name on the cover of a magazine. I think we have an obligation to do something to, to help other people. So so what do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, think that I want to become the best leader and, and the best human being on this earth that I can, the best friend, the best neighbor, the best daughter. And, um, and I, I think that for me, just recognizing and identifying who's gotten me where I am today and just like investing and in, in prioritizing humans in my life um, over my work um, is something that I hold myself really accountable for. And, and just with my work, um, really just caring about people um, is something that I, I try to do um, and exercise and, and just kind of let seep from all the, the pores of my, my DNA. Awesome. Well, Brianna Carney, thank you so much for being a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do and sharing your story with the listeners. Everybody jump over to crewbloom.com and find out more information about all the groundbreaking stuff that they're doing in their space. Brianna, do you have any last words for the audience? Uh, no, just guys, just take the leap of faith. You've got it. Um, Tom, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I just am in so inspired by what you're doing to kind of give back to the entrepreneurial community. Um, and yeah, just be good to yourself. Be well. Awesome. Well, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Brianna. I know you're thinking, what? How will you do that? Well, actually, we'll be back in a week because we now do one interview a week. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday talking a little bit more about potential and how you can try new things and grow your future. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go try something new. I have found over and over again, the more times I push myself out of my comfort zone, the more things I try, the more I reap the benefits of doing that. So go try new things. In fact, go buy one of the Try New Things shirts at trynewthings.shop. And uh, while you're out there doing something new, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.